Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. All right, everybody. Such a good welcome. Good morning to everybody here and everybody online. Can we just make everyone online feel welcome as well this morning, those who are joining us. It's so great to be together. Thank you, band. You can cease and desist. Very good. Uh, Is everyone well? Everyone good? Okay, good. Tash, that was so great. Could have closed the meeting in prayer. It's fantastic. And I like that really, Jared left you another option but to speak positively of Annisbrook, you know, tell us, tell us all the amazing things. And um, just a word to the wise on that one, you know, we are a church, we want to do our best and we want to do best by people, but sometimes we, you know, don't always get it right. And so on that note, why that is, is because we're human uh, and God, like God knows we're human. So if we've ever hurt you or it hasn't gone well with you in terms of plugging in or whatever, um, we would love to have another shot at it and help you. And um, I was just thinking actually on the way to church today that, man, this place should be jam-packed with people. Every chair should be utilised. Because because really, like when you think about it, and it shouldn't just be our church like that. Every church in this nation should be like that. And the reason I say that is because we, we, I mean, do you believe we have the answer it's Jesus right and everything that he is and so I want to encourage you with that there are people in your life who are searching I see a couple of the giants here today and uh, guys you are the only reason we can celebrate in sport at the moment apart from the Commonwealth teams they're doing well but the All Blacks is tragedy but um but these guys are top of the table right and and absolutely awesome and watching, watching you play basketball makes me think and believe that I can too. Both a total deceit. I mean, that is, I'm living lies in that moment. We had a pretty tough week this week, um, just as a family. So good to share our highlights, and you've got to share the humanity too. Really hard week. And our daughter Paris is here, who actually, she had a, um, is feeling better, a lot better, but obviously she's here, but had a two-week migraine. So it's, yeah, and it wasn't good, was it, sweetheart? And then, so they, we went to hospital and we had four nights, you had four nights in hospital and they did a lumbar puncture, a CT, an MRI, and probably the worst thing that happened to her, though, was when her roommate, uh, she had a roommate in her 70s, uh, and we were just in the room, she was there and she said to Paris, uh, because I'd walked in the room, I was there with her at the time, and this is way better, way worse than a lumbar puncher. And I'm just sharing it's happened again. She said to Paris, oh, is that your partner over there? <laughs> now, this is like the third time. Tash, I don't know what you can tell us about the medical system. It is under pressure, isn't it? Yeah, so that's all right. But um, you want to be praying, people. So anyway, thanks for your prayers, those of you who knew and were praying. But um, you're feeling a bit better, eh? And, and will be on the improve. They couldn't work it out. So that's, at least it wasn't something sinister, which is really awesome. Uh, I've called today's message, um, it is a bit of a part two. If you weren't here last week, you can watch last week online. It was quite key. It was pretty strong too, but I think it's good. By the way, tonight, Jared will let you know, tonight is team night. If you're wanting to feel more and more plugged in to church and the, and the mission, I would really encourage you, even if you have got plans, see if you can rearrange them. Tonight, we'll get to talk a little bit about what is happening and going on, but uh, team night. And next Sunday, will you talk about this as well later? Um, I'll let you do this one. I'm really excited about it. Well, all of our young people are taking over the service next Sunday. So it's a youth takeover. And he'll tell you more about it. It's going to be great. Or did I just tell them everything? Don't know. But they'll be doing everything. Will they be leading praise and worship too? Yeah. And then they've got this showcase thing that, they're gonna, that they've been doing. And then someone's going to bring the word who's young. So that's great. Used to be me. but So part two uh, this morning, I, I want to, I've just framed this up, um, the story we tell ourselves. That's today's message. And it's a really important piece to last week. It's a really, really important part to the whole picture. I went to Top Gun twice, 
Maverick. Yeah, I watched it and then two days later went and rewatched it. Stories are really massive. Stories are like, like it's, it's had an 8.6 on IMDb. They've sold a $1.2 billion worth of tickets to that movie. All the great uh, movies, all the high-ranking ones, uh, just have these epic stories, credible. Um, I went because of the story. My sister-in-law, I've got three sister-in-laws, and, and the one who told me this isn't here today. Um, she told me she went um, for t- Tom Cruise. But anyway, I, I said, you need to tell me what you're talking about. She said, just the way he runs on the beach. And she said, she goes, don't worry, I'm still in love with your brother, but I just... Whatever. But anyway, the story is powerful and <laughs> stories are powerful. And I, I think in this age, we think of stories as entertainment. And I guess there is that element to it. But story, okay, is actually far, far more. If you think about the word communicate, the word communicate, uh, which is actually kind of the essence of delivery of story and other things that go on, this moment and many other, other moments in our lives, it's actually married to a root word, community. Communicate and community are of the same Latin root system. So healthy belonging comes from healthy what? Communication. The ability to hear a story, a word that is, brings us into relationship. And then it's also linked with another root word, which is commune. So we've got communication, community, commune. And of course, commune is the highest level of community that our hearts, really what goes on in us, we long for so much, which is intimacy. So, you know, intimacy can be created and broken with story or words. Or it's, it's actually metaphysical. I mean, in a, in a word or a story, you can have a new idea, you can have a new opportunity, you can meet new people, you can find new inspiration. I mean, in God, Tash just telling us that story of encountering the Holy Spirit. And some of you heard that and you thought, I'd really like to encounter the Holy Spirit. And others of you thought, man, I'd really like to re-encounter the Holy Spirit. And that's the power of a story. Not just to entertain you, but to reintroduce you. So in communication, we find community, and in communication and community, we find communion, we find intimacy. And um, the reason is because of God. God is the reason for that. John 1, we've got it here, says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, They do say that Genesis, the way Genesis begins and the book of John begin are like overshadowing reintroductions of God's new reality and new kingdom order coming into play. So in the beginning, God created and then sin came in and recreated, re-chaos. But in John 1, with the introduction of Jesus, there is reintroduction of creation when in the beginning again, there's a new beginning. That's why it says that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. You're in a new beginning. You're in a new word. You're in a new story. The old story has been overlaid with a new story, a new community, a new intimacy, wooing us in, pulling us in. Even with our mistakes, even our warts and all, this story, this word is so powerful. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, God holds his word even above his name. And we know how powerful his name is. His word went out and created expanse and science tells us that expanse is still evolving even as we speak at rates we cannot understand. Why? Because he spoke. Okay, cool. Consider then this. It is no surprise that the serpent and the enemy, who, by the way, doesn't just want to mess your life up because he's got a passion to mess people's lives up. He wants the earth, He had the earth. Jesus took earth. You know, Matthew 28, when Jesus is risen again and he says, um, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He reclaimed the rights of the earth and he launched a new project in the earth. And Satan realised, and someone asked me last night at a gathering we went to, why does he, if he knows he's losing, why does he carry on like he does destroying? And the reason is, 
He wants to take everyone and everything down with him because he's a self-seeking sycophant who glorifies himself. And if you, if a life hears a new story and gets redeemed and saved and saved out of his clutches, then he has less glory. So his agenda with you is really not even you. His agenda is he wants the earth and he can't have the earth. So he wants a piece of the earth, which just so happens to be you. But the good news today is there's also a little bit of heaven in you. And Jesus came into your story and the devil will not have his way in your life. Oh, this is good. The word is good. I'm saying more than the delivery. He's described as the accuser. Think about that as a storyline. He's accused as, uh, described as the father of lies. He's subtle. He starts with, did God really say? Do you really think God saved you? Do you really think God is here with you? Do you really think all this is true? And so he takes the story, he takes the word, and he tries to twist and warp it. Now here for our topic today is the third sequence or phase beyond God and even beyond the accuser, and that is you and me. And you and I, we have lots of stories going on too. 6,000 thoughts a day, Rebecca told me during the week. She said the average person thinks 6,000 thoughts a day. Some more, and clearly by evidence, some a little bit less. <laughs> but that's a lot. And we just think of thoughts as thoughts. But the Bible, we've learned over the mini-series of Practicing the Way, the way of Jesus, emotional well-being is the way of Jesus. When we do emotional health, we are practicing the way. We are walking in the way of Christ. We've learned in this series that thoughts, everyone, are very spiritual, very profound. In fact, thoughts for the human being are a little bit like a narrating story. They're like a inner dialogue, a story that we tell ourselves. Um, this really actually helped me unlock um, some stuff in my life when I 2009 and 10, I shared a little bit about it last week, but I had to do a deep dive concerning some very um, big ticket things going on in me. Basically, if I summed it up, I realised that aspects of my emotional life were actually underdeveloped, which is quite weird because my spiritual life were probably more developed. And the Christian community for a long time has been okay with that, that you're spiritually mature because you can say, praise the Lord, brother, Hallelujah, quote a scripture, maybe even out of context, but you can still quote it. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, emotionally, it's not looking like Jesus at all. And we've, and we've really accepted that in community, and we've also accepted it in my, our own lives. But I reached a point where I could not accept it any longer and knew that while my knowledge of the Bible was strong at that time, the knowledge of myself needed to really, really be developed and grown. Because, because things were kind of splitting apart at the, at the seams, it seemed. So I did a, um, a crash course. Some of you would have heard of it, but I did a crash course in understanding emotional health. It's, it's not, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counsellor. I'm not a trainer. I just did a course. And also, by the way, I took it really seriously because I was experiencing pain. I talked about this last week. Where lies are present in our life, chaos will ensue. Where truth is present in our life, freedom will flow. So that's what was going on for me. And so I'm going to show you a version, a crash course version of something that explains it. And you're going to see where a story fits into this whole thing as human beings. So let's bring it up. Um, thanks now. So um, this is something that was talked about in this two-week crash course was really, and you could take a photo of this if you want, um, if it's helpful to you, but it explains a lot. Up the top, the end result, we have behaviour and actions. Could be word and deed, things we do, good things we do, bad things we do, stuff in the middle we do, just our, our outcomes, okay? And um, by the way, religion just really attacks this over and over and over again. Like you might do something dumb and you think, oh, I shouldn't do that as a Christian. And you may well be right. But the better question is, why are you doing that? Like, like we all know what, you know what, and you know you don't like it and you know how it affects you. 
But, but the whole idea here is in our emotions, which are underneath the surface, we want to just go a little bit deeper to our feelings and emotions. So this is developed from the 1950s, um, this, this whole pattern. It's been honed a little bit. But our feelings drive a lot of our behaviour and actions. You know, hopeful feelings, hopeless feelings, positive feelings, negative feelings, you know, um, uh, uh, great feelings, you know, noble and, and very um, ungreat, like very, very humane and animalistic sometimes. They can be results of echoes of the past. You see a story there in the middle, we'll talk about this, but even under that are beliefs and conclusions either in agreement or not in agreement with reality of God. That's what we talked about last week is reality is what? Truth. Truth is reality. You shall know the reality of Jesus, the truth, and it shall set you free. Coming to terms with reality is the thing that can relinquish you from a lot of the stuff that holds you back. And then if in this particular um, training that or this, this time that I went through, this is added is that it's in the primary primary assumption or the core belief in the conscious or subconscious. I'll just explain it this way. I worked out that I didn't just have a passion for shoes at some point in my young adult years. I actually worked out as it came up from the surface that I think I was compensating for a childhood where I only had one or two pairs of shoes, new ones. The rest were sort of hand-me-downs. And I worked that out. It wasn't good or bad. It didn't stop me buying shoes but it described to me why in which I didn't need to obsess with buying shoes. It was just really a held belief, a experience from my childhood. Now, I've done that with shoes. One of my brothers has done it with cars. <laughs> but we've all, got, we've all got stuff lurking around from things that we don't even realise are at play. I'm not saying that's why he buys cars. He, he might just like them. So there in the middle sits an opportunity. Well, actually, there in the middle sits a problem, and there in the middle sits an opportunity too. And I want you to come on this journey this morning, really uh, to understand that there are a lot of stories we tell ourselves. And look where it sits. It sits somewhere from the subconscious and the conscious beliefs, and it's just right smack, back, smack bang there in the middle as an editor an editor, and then that editor, if it's really able to, starts to affect your feelings, your emotions, and then by the time that happens, man, good luck if you can get a control of it, because you're going to somehow live it out, somehow work it out. That's the word, that's the story. There's a lot of Bible examples we could go to. I find it very interesting that Moses said, uh, to God in response to God asking if he could help him, serve him in this task of being a redeemer for um, Israel. I'm very interested that Moses is under the pump, out came some self-talk, a story. And what was it? I'm not a very good speaker, God. If you've got a burning bush, you have an encounter with the living God. Why would you go to that? It's right in the middle, that's why. It's the story that has been played over and over in his mind, and it is the reason in which he feels as though he can't serve God, live for God, experience God. It's just his reason. Um, in the opposite, I found it so interesting with Tasha's sermon this morning that she said, I've been going, I've done church to church, and people do do this, but I noticed she said something, but I said, I need to get planted. No one told her that. She might have heard it in a message. You know, the thing about getting planted in a church, it's the only attached promise that says we will flourish in life. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. So you've got a lot of believers maintaining. A podcast will help you maintain, but fellowship and community will make you flourish, flourish. But she said to herself, um, the prodigal son, before he went back home, you'll, you'll read it in Luke, he actually, it's quoted, said to himself, what am I doing here? I could go be a servant in my father's house. There's a story that is reintroduced off the back of some pretty gnarly actions, but it inserts itself for a whole new out outcome and opportunity. The woman with the issue of blood experiences a supernatural miracle where she had a sickness she spent all the money on, 
And it says, verbatim, it says that as she was about to work out what to do, shall I die? Or she said to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. And she acted upon it. Um, so there are lots of Bible examples, but this is the one I felt drawn to bring you today. Matthew chapter four, and we're gonna read it. This is our master. This is our brother. This is our saviour, Jesus. Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This temptation, by the way, is a rewriting of Genesis temptation, just so you're aware. Adam and Eve were tempted and failed and humanity suffered. Jesus had to repeat re-repeat and rewrite many of the things that took place in the first edition of humanity. And if he did it right, humanity would be rewritten. So this is what's happening. This is Eden all over again. But instead of failing, Jesus is about to win. How does he win? He's been tempted by the devil and after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, this is a big insight, he was hungry. Wow, let's unpack that in the Greek. The tempter came to him and said, Watch this. Now, this is actually something that goes on in a lot of people's beliefs. Even, even Christians trying to work out, are they truly saved? Are they truly whatever? If you are the son of God, this is dev, the devil telling Jesus, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him away to the Holy um, took him to the holy city, sorry, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Here comes another temptation. If you are the son of God, then tempting again, throw yourself down for it's written. And this devil is using and twisting scripture on him. The devil might even try that with you. He might even try and twist a a scripture you know, uh, if you fail or whatever. He will command his angels concerning you and they'll lift you up in their hands so that you'll not strike your foot against a stone. Well, what does Jesus do? It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Well, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Now, you're about to see the agenda of the serpent. All of this I will give you. So at this point, the devil does own the world, but Jesus is about to accomplish at the cross. But look what happens if you bow down and worship me. That's the, that's the core agenda. Jesus said to him, uh, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came to attend him. Now, there's a lot to talk about here, but I only want to talk about this rewriting of a new story Because every time Jesus is challenged or tempted, what does he say? It is written. He doesn't spend two or three days to think about it. He doesn't have an internal debate. He doesn't go on Facebook and say, what do you think about this or that? It is written. It is written. I'm rewriting the story over doubt, fear, and temptation. It is written. Look at this on the screen. One psychologist said, sound mental health is largely about the ability to coach yourself through historic feelings when they seek to misconstrued a present situation until coaching yourself through those feelings lose their power to drive and terrify the client. Sound mental health is largely about the ability. So was Jesus doing big spiritual global work? Yep. Was Jesus telling the powers and Satan himself where to go? Yep. But Jesus is fully God and fully human. So what else was Jesus doing? What you and me need to do a lot. Reassure ourselves. Keep ourselves on track. Align to the purpose. Not believe the lie. Continue on. It is written. It is written, God's got me. God protects me. God forgave me. He's told me my identity. His word feeds me. He satisfies me. His promise still stands. By the way, why does it still stand? Because His promise was a covenant to Abraham and you can live under Abraham's blessing if you have faith. Just so you remember. 
He is good. I'm just writing a new story today because there's not a good day. I mean, in hospital, there were just countless times, eh, where we just settle up alongside each other. Let's pray. I don't know. Do we pray 30 times? Just every prayer is an opportunity to write a new story. I'm feeling hopeless. She's feeling pain. Because feeling concerned. Cool, let's just write a story for a moment. Father, I thank you that you took the victory of sickness at the cross. And I've got other people as well sending me these words, these stories. The, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 on IMDb because that word there, that's the word that will get you out of prison. It will get you out of pain. It will get you out of the deceiver's hands. And such, some people have had such a rotten time, such a terrible upbringing that their inner story is like broken to begin with. It's like a horror show. It's like a horror movie. One young man um, who was part of this church for a time and then shifted away had been abused and rejected and abandoned by his father. He came and told me the story and there was a couple of ministry moments around it. Father issues are huge because they're about origin stories. Parent issues are really massive. It's, it's, it, is, it is a big deal. Um, so this young man has been told things by his dad and also physically abused by his dad and then ultimately left and abandoned. So it's one thing I think for maybe a dad to leave you, but then another thing for him to never be in touch, never inquire, never text on a birthday, you know. And guys, if you've had something better than that, you can thank God because that's, that's some pretty tough stuff. So the words we hear shape belief, and that's why this whole story, the story we tell ourselves and rewriting another story is so important. And he said to me, look, I need you to pray for me and we're praying. And then I just felt this thing come bubble up and I said to him, it was a really interesting thing. I said, hey, after praying, I said, if your dad had been a good dad, he wouldn't have left you. He wouldn't have rejected you. He wouldn't have told you the things that he told you. I said to him, I think, he was about 18 at this time. I said, I think that you need to start to do for you some of the things that your dad never did for you. And I prayed with him. Believe God for the pain he was facing to lift. But he would need to make some inner change regarding this story. About six weeks later, he came to church and came up to me after a service with a book. He said to me, I went to Paper Plus and I bought a book. I said, oh yeah? He said, I bought a book on parenting. I said, oh. He goes, yeah, it was actually a book on how to be a good dad. He said, I've been reading it and I've been doing it for me. I can tell you this was about seven years ago. He has since completed a certificate in theology and he's soon about to become a senior pastor of a church. Change your self-talk, change your life. I'm not talking about changing your self-talk for like 35 minutes on a Sunday morning. And you'll go out and go, man, that was inspiring. Good, I'm fantastic. It's better than being discouraging. But the kinds of shifts that actually have to happen are systemic. They've got to go deeper. Many of us have words which have been spoken over us and words that we have spoken over ourselves that no one has yet bothered to interrupt. And we don't realise it, but they affect our emotions and they affect our actions and then they become a loop and start to, we believe the things we've done and feel and it cycles all over again. Last week, the elders were praying and we're praying for some people and we've had more and more people calling on the elders to pray and it's been a really special time. And one person in, in particular, I just thought it was amazing. We were just praying for them. And Tim actually, who's one of our elders here on the board, just had this word for this individual saying, oh, it was so interesting because as he began to pray it, I just felt this witness, this, this recognition of my own spirit. He said, I just feel like some words might have been spoken over you and there's just some things that you need to reconsider. And man, something just went off in me. Like, yes, like this is true. 
And you know, it's so interesting that for us, we think things that you would never want to say in public. Like if your inner talk was a story in a movie, you would never want want anyone to watch it. They'd give it a one out of 10 on IMDb. Like they'd be going, are you okay? And and yet we kind of like accept it for ourselves. And God is like, look, I'm not accepting this. We can do better than this. Change your self-talk. Begin to change your life. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I think when Jesus says it is written, I think the key there is he had some things to say on hand, ready to go. They were higher than the temptation of your identity, of your mistake, of your shame, of your sin. They were higher. I think that Christians find it hard to get traction because they've still got such low thoughts. Low, just too low. Not true. Not powerful enough. You need something with a sledgehammer that's just gonna break that thing open over your life. You've got to start to practice talking to yourself. And you're in a man and you're in a woman, your spirit, providing new stories. Story that we tell ourselves. Since that time um, of understanding that, actually, yeah, I had some pretty interesting inner dialogue going on. I have embarrassed myself once or twice. I was in the supermarket one time, just talking to myself and to the Lord, kind of at the same time, thanking Him and then just speaking things out. And at the checkout, um, I was in quite a, you know, it was quite a special time actually. I was quite enthused. I mean, given the state of the car park at that particular supermarket. And I was just, thank you, Lord. And, oh, yes, Lord. And, Man, I like seriously, I just got the things I needed and I just put it on the checkout. It wasn't a self-serve at that time. And the, la- the lady said to me, is, is that FPOS? You're paying with FPOS? And I said, thank you, Lord, like that. <laughs> really embarrassing. There's been another couple of episodes like that. <laughs> like if you saw the movie, the story of some of my thoughts, you would understand why I have to do that. If you actually saw some of those primary beliefs and the way that they try to write the narrative, you would understand. Before I ever get up on here, you you would be shocked at some of the things that I'm saying in God and to myself. But there's a better story. There's a better story over your life. I'm gonna show you now something that some of you may wanna start doing And um, I've just called it a self-talk journal. It's not my original idea, but I've just evolved it a little bit. And you can take a photo of this. Um, Somebody in our our part of the world has called it Trace, Face and Replace. It's quite good. I'm going to give it to you to finish. Because sometimes we actually need help on how to get started with this thing and how to really align our lives with a better narrative, okay? So I'm going to show you this thing on screen. And... um, I, I'll just say before we go to it, I, sometimes at night, um, sometimes in dark moments, I'll just get my phone out, my notepad. I can do it nat, nat, sort of naturally now without on paper. But for a good couple of years, I did it on paper to learn. But I've had one or two dark nights of the soul. And when, it, when, it's, when you really can't get yourself out of that place, when you're really struggling, when your spirit just feels that can't do it anymore, I will literally do this on my phone. So it's not exactly a carbon copy, but I've used an example. I'm just feeling really anxious about life in the world, okay? Now again, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not a counsellor. This is a layman just giving you something that you can do. Uh, but if you wanna get serious about it, you might wanna do your own research or you might wanna book in with somebody. But let's go to step one. First of all, we're gonna trace it. I, I, I've called it anxious about the future, but I wanna encourage you, it might be that you just feel guilt, shame that just won't go, really stuck in a past mistake. Whatever it is, you need to identify it as accurately and as clearly as you can. 
So I write down, what am I telling myself? E.g., I think I'm telling myself that the world feels really unsafe. Okay, cool. What is my belief about that? That the world is in control of everything and at the same time, the world is out of control. In other words, everything's out of my control. Like it's all going to hell in a handbasket. That's the kind of primary belief under that. Okay, then the next part is, what is my thought? I just write down my thought as clearly as I can. And the thought is that everything's going down the drain. You know, like financial collapse and I don't know, just like, you know, anarchy or just as bad as it might get in your mind. You just try to, as best as you can, trace what it is. That that bird I talked about last week that flies over the nest, if you didn't see it, watch it. But you're trying to identify it. The better you can identify it, the better you can do the next part, which is face it. Facing it is this. We need to ascertain, is this or is it not reality? God reality. New covenant reality. The truth. Is this my friend or my enemy? It's good to ask that. Is it helping me or hurting me? Is it advancing me or holding me back? Is it gonna make me more like Jesus? or less like Jesus. And then I'm gonna ask, um, basically, I, I, I might do this and I think this is quite good. Well, I feel like part of it is true that the world is a curious and often unstable place. Well, that is actually true. Jesus um, has talked about that, but not all of it. So now I'm starting to bring some truth in. This thought then is actually not helping me. It's not my friend. This is facing it. This is taking ownership of it. It's gonna harm me and I'll tell you what, it will harm my family. I'll take, it's funny, eh, when you believe the world's a, a terrible place, you'll take next to no risks. You become so conservative that you'll take no risks. By the way, risk is another way of spelling F-A-I-T-H, faith. Okay, so I'm gonna face the fact in my bed, on my journal, whatever it is, this is not good for me. This is not the truth. Okay, trace it. What is it that I'm worried about? Face it. Is this actually, can I accept it at the root core belief system? Thirdly then, let's aim to replace it. So here we go. If it's not the truth, then what is? Displace the old with the new, the erroneous with the accurate. Now, just don't go to it now, but I'm gonna show you some truth and it's very Christian, but I can do it in an opposite way and I'll show you, but I'll show you it as it is. Here we go, here's the truth. God is actively working all things in Graham, Rebecca, Ruby, Paris, Saskia, Judah. Um, there's a boyfriend as well. We're not boyfriends. We don't name them yet. You know, we're not at that phase. We'll name them when they move on, if that happens. Oh, Israel, he's in the family too. Yeah, whoops, sorry. Ruby, Paris, Israel, Saskia, Judah, and there's a boyfriend. But anyway, God, here's, here's the story. Here's the movie. Oh, God He's working things behind the scene. Oh yeah, for all of our lives. And you know what? Even in a world that is made up of people who may even want our harm, God is greater and His track record proves it. Now in that moment, I might think of five or six or seven things that God did in our lives to prove to us He is writing a story and I can trust Him, and I'm gonna take that story, I'm gonna put it in there, and we're gonna carry on in the story. Through Jesus' death, He's gained all authority on heaven and on earth. Okay, cool, so the kingdom's at work and the world's crazy, but the life is burgeoning, and I believe that. He is my future, and nothing can take that away from me. Now, I could have put another verse in there, which was this. Do not fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the soul. Jesus said it. In other words, physical death is not your main concern here. Even if you die, you do realise it's simply a doorway into an even greater existence and glory. You don't think these things? You should. <laughs> Next, don't worry about what to eat, wear, drink. He's more than these things. And He even sorts out all the sparrows. Oh yeah, this story's just getting plugged into my spirit. He cares for me, so I can give Him my cares. Therefore, God is in control and working behind the scenes of my life so I can trust Him. Yeah, I will trust Him. 
and a new scene begins. And a new scene begins. And a new story. <laughs> Last night, you'd hate to know one of the things I said to myself. I was driving um, home from a party, a birthday party we'd been to, heading home, and began to just seeking the Lord again for today. And this nasty thought came into my mind. It was a real ripper. And um, it, I mean, it was something pretty common, okay? Oh, God's not gonna use you tomorrow. So this is what I did, you're right? Really? I, did, I, I was driving, so I didn't journal. I renounce partnership with a lie from Satan. Set it out my mouth. I renounce the lie and the partnership with Satan because <laughs> God is gonna use me tomorrow. Oh, that's good stuff. Is it American? Is it self-help? Is it all a little bit just too, you know, psychobabble? No, no, no. This is what it means to have the mind of Christ. And this is what it's gonna mean for you to begin to write new stories. It's why apologies are powerful. Why saying sorry to your kids. Why saying sorry to yourself. Why rethinking is so important. So trace, face, and replace. And in the Word of God, there's a powerful new story. And I wanna finish this morning by praying for a couple of people, a couple of groups of people. I wanna pray for those here who know they need a better word and a better story over their life. Who know actually it's causing a lot of emotion, a lot of feeling, a lot of angst. It's causing a lot of... Um, disgruntlement, discouragement, disillusionment. A lot of fear. I think it's everyone. <laughs> You're like, God, I just need, for where God's taking me, I just need something stronger, something better. A better word was spoken for us by Jesus Christ. The second group I'm gonna pray for today are for those who have made sacred vows with lies and entered into agreements and scenes of your story that just are not actually what God wanted for you. And they've become a loop and there's a loyalty to them. I'm gonna talk about some specific ones as I pray, okay? Beck and I heard of someone, um, not from here, but someone actually that said to their child, I wish I never had you. And uh, man, we were, we were grieved and heartbroken when we heard the story. We understand the pressure of parenting. We understand the tension it brings. But you know, it's just one word, just one word from at the wrong time, at the wrong place can just echo on through your emotional life. And I believe today there's power to just bring light and clarity and the Holy Spirit. Tash told us, an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So I'd like everybody now just to stand to your feet. It's a holy moment. And just to close your eyes. And just to, even at home as you're watching this, just to close your eyes where you are. If you're driving and listening to this, don't close your eyes. Or bow your head. Just close your eyes now. Hey, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your power and your presence here with us. To Elijah, you came and revealed yourself, not as the lightning, not as the fire, not as the earthquake, but still. Let a stillness today create something beautiful in and amongst flesh and bone. Thank you for your power and presence that I sense. And thank you for reaching every corner and every space. I'm checking out, Lord, right now. I pray you take up this moment. We yield to you, Spirit of Truth. There's some hurting people. There's some um, confused people. There's other people just got stuck, God. There's others who have not hoped for some time because hope was too dangerous. Others, Lord, who have pushed away the life you offer because of such strong 
and powerful confessions that they just loop over and over and over again. From no matter who it is, for whatever it would be, we ask for your help. Just everyone with their eyes closed, everyone who just would like the Holy Spirit to help really write a story of abundance, something deeper, something clearer, something something beautiful. Every story has its moments. Look, it's, it's life. It's Jesus told us. But just the voice who wants to reshape and reform. If that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord where you are. That Father, you would help each one of us with a better story. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts and your ways are higher than our ways. Your story is better than our story. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that, Lord, you give your people thoughts that they've just never had before. Good. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Thoughts of future and promise. That they would rise, Lord, to a whole new level. And they would live, Lord, really live, take the risk, give the love, offer forgiveness, step out in the miraculous, be the servants that they're called to be, operate in the gifts. Mm. Some of you won't like this, what I'm about to say, but a couple of you have been called to be really gifted and called to be multimillionaires. I release it, Lord God, on those that you want it to be for. Uh, you've, you've come to a certain level, but God wants to take you further. And if you're going to do that, you need to take every thought captive and you need to be able to speak like we've talked about, a much better story. But that resource is not going to be just for you. It is going to empower the kingdom to go to whole new places and whole new spaces. Others of you, God wants to release a word of healing over family lines. Lord, release it, I pray, right now. Those whose families just experienced um, division and chaos. Children away from the Lord. Lord, we just pray that you give us a word, a better word. Parents in that situation, be courageous to speak that which is not as though it is. You know, before I came in this morning, I spoke to the north, south, east and west, and I called every person into our church buildings around New Zealand to pour in, stream in through the doors. Now, it does not concern me one bit where I am at in that story or that movie. I may just be in the introduction, but speaking things that are not as though they are will be our future, will be God's future. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's pray for those who have made vows and partnerships with lies, like I was talking about with Tim, who just, you know, identified a spoken word. If that's you and you know it's you, it might sound like you're stupid, you're ugly, you're a mistake, you're never going anywhere, you are your, mis- you are your sin, you are, that, um, you are that affair, you are that crime, unwanted, I will never be, fill in the blank. Oh, guys, you know, God can do anything, you know, far more than we ask, hope, or even imagine. But whatever it is, there'll be, a, there'll be something. Just co- eyes closed. We're just going to break allegiance. We're just going to break allegiance today. So if you've got one of those or something like it, every eye is closed. Just lift your hands before the Lord. Keep it in your mind. And we're going to break it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord God, for ties and loyalties, for allegiances, and for the power of the script to be erased. Lord, I'm praying that it weakens to the point where it relinquishes control. I pray in the name of Jesus, binding every foul spirit, every lying, deceptive demon, every attack of the enemy, and every agenda to keep your people small, Lord, and insecure and bound up, that loosen Jesus' name right now. Loosen Jesus' name. 
to the point where they could even see it but recognise it for what it actually is. And Lord God, I pray right now, we, we, we actually come out of agreement. We agree no longer. In fact, I want you to do something. I want you to say, just in that story, I disagree with that. That lie. I just want you in your spirit say, I disagree. I'm not that. That's not me. That's not my future. I disagree. If it's, if it's forgiveness you needed, it's by the blood of Jesus. If you can't seem to get healing, say it in your spirit, I'm healed by the blood of Jesus. I'm healed. If you just feel so stuck, you can't move forward, so ashamed that you can't look at yourself in the mirror. So I disagree today. I come into agreement with God. And um, I just want you to put your hand now on your belly, on your, where your spirit, you know, your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, pour out your spirit and fill them now with a good word. Abel's word spoke a better word from the ground. Jesus Christ, your word speaks so well, so powerfully, so profoundly. You're healed, you're accepted, you're worth so much. You're smart, you're intelligent, you're growing in grace. God is on your side, He's for you, He's not against you. God actually approves of you. God heals you. God's hand is on you. His favour rests on you. God's opening doors of opportunity before you. God rests on you. God's shadow overshadows you. Your days are numbered in the book of life, so you need not fear. God is working behind the scenes of your life. That that child with that sickness has been healed. There is life, life, and more life. Come on, pick up the story. Pick up the story and make something awesome of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name we pray. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website 